0: well it's been a while
1: it has hasn't it what, what, like, yeah uh it's it's been a few weeks hasn't it
0: it's been two months mm.
1: but it's
2: our 15th episode which makes us awesome. yes
0: so we're both awesome and we're total pieces of shit
2: that went differently than rehearsed but, uh, <laughs> all right yes, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> don't tell them about but. the rehearsals <laughs> We yeah, this is all totally improvisatory. Improvisatory. Do not look at the man behind the curtain. No, no, no. I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be back on this grind. You know, Just it's, glad to be uh, here. Real life got in the way, uh, but now we're doing well, our thing again. You know, and and a lot of things mm-hmm. transpired in real life while yes. we were away.
2: That royal baby. A lot of good
0: music came out.
2: Oh, that royal baby. hmm Mm mm mm. Delicious royal baby stew.
1: (laughs) Babies were eaten. Um, Yeah, a lot. A lot happened. A lot happened to me in particular. Um, I I have some new interesting stories to share with you guys. Um,
2: Are they about placentas? Because that's what I want to talk about.
1: uh, None. None of them are about
2: placentas. Did Kate Middleton eat the placenta? That's what I want to know. (laughs) You know, that's a good question. What did they do with that? I uh, I hear the
1: English aren't very good at cooking. They're, They're not.
0: It's true
2: says the irishman
0: yes well we didn't have any food to cook so we're uh, even worse <laughs> famine joke um well yes you know that you know there's a the famous joke you know how many potatoes does it take to kill an irishman zero, zero. <laughs> yeah yeah yes no, but maybe maybe anyway. they top the placenta with a with a relentlessly bland sauce because that's what the English do. <laughs> they, they they're relentlessly bland. It's true.
2: That'd be a good episode title. relentlessly <laughs> bland.
1: But but Philip, what happened to you? Um, a lot a lot of things happen. It's 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 you know it's summer here in New York. It's summer everywhere else, of course. But here, I, I think it takes on a, a, a particular type of.
2: Yeah, it's not uh, summer here in San Francisco. It's like right, in the 60s. Right.
1: You know, people here. They act differently They're happier They're sweaty They're having sex feelings um, And a lot of crazy things happen um, there's, you know, Everybody's just trying to spend every night outside And, and, and on some of those nights Some strange things happen uh, I, I, have, I have two instances to share uh, One of which I was, I was at a bar uh, for a friend's birthday And it's kind of a dive And uh, we had been drinking quite a bit And I went outside And I was staying in front of the bar I was having a cigarette with a friend and a uh, fella approaches me, and I'm, I'm. It's raining, so I'm being a dickhead, and I'm standing in front of the door of the bar. And, uh, you know, it's. So, his, his reaction was not unprecedented. But he walks up to me, and he's like, Oh, hey, can I get past you? I was like, You got ID? He's <laughs> like, Huh? <laughs> I was like, Do you, do you have ID? He's like, Are you serious? I was like, Do I look serious?
2: <laughs>
1: it's like, yeah, okay. I'm like pulls out his ID and shows it to me. I was like, okay, you're cool. And then the four people it was amazing. It was it was amazing how all these people just immediately bought into this fantasy. The four people in line behind him all, all voluntarily showed their IDs. And each one of them I hassled a little bit more. Um I was like, I don't know. What's your what's your birthday? What's your sign? Like, where are you from? Amazing. And and the last guy ended up being from Texas, and we actually chatted about that a bit. But all told, I, I enjoyed this so much I probably carded at least seven or eight people. And it, this could only this could only happen in Williamsburg because a the bar is a fucking dive, and it never has a doorman. This, this is a, this is not a bar that necessitates a doorman, um, and neither do I look like a doorman. But. It's Williamsburg, and and many they're of the men are—they're all, are,
2: all, uh, all sheltered fucking assholes. Yeah, and they're all and, wayfish. And they're
1: are way—they're emaciated and tiny because they subsist <laughs> on nothing but PBR and irony. Um. So so that was that was a thing that happened, and uh, and it didn't... have you
0: considered that uh, if this whole software thing doesn't uh, doesn't work out, maybe you could become
1: you know a, a, bouncer. a, a bouncer, Williamsburg
2: yeah. bouncer. <laughs>
1: I've actually—that's a comic book title, right there. I've actually started. I've actually started moonlighting as a bouncer. It makes sense. Um, you, you know, they're—they're
0: they're, they're very easy to push around the Williamsburgers. So it's certainly more honest work than software.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I really feel like I'm doing some good in the world. Um, <laughs> Keeping oh, people oh, out of bars. bars. And. Um, you know, I actually was just reminded of a, of, a, of a third thing that I really want to talk about, so okay, I'll get to that, sorry. But, so the, the, the second ridiculous thing that happened to me was I was out at a bar, and there was like this crazy dance party going on. And I, I come in the bar and I'm wearing a, a, a Tyler the Creator hat that Colin graciously gifted me, um, because I have a giant head, um, and it fits, and you know, we've talked about this, we talked about, um... The small head privilege that permeates our society
2: Episode 4 mm-hmm, I believe
1: mm-hmm. Yeah and, and this, this, this Occurrence was a prime example Of the small head privilege that goes on it was, it, mm-hmm. was, it was a real in the flesh Encounter involving Small head privilege and I'll tell you
2: about it um, it's, the, it's the hatriarchy in action Exactly <laughs> fuck mm-hmm. the
1: hatriarchy um, And I So I walk in and, and, and you know we're, we're having some drinks And there's this crazy dance party going on This big broy looking fella Blonde guy Very, very large dude. He's, you know, being fucking Lord of the Dance. He gallops on over to me, and he pops the hat right off my head. Just yanks it. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? And he puts it on his head, and the joke was on him for two reasons. A, that hat was sweaty as shit. Two, wait, B, um... It was gigantic! So it fell over his entire face.
0: Um... But Thereby providing him with, like, a big dose of sweat and moisture to the nose and face yeah,
2: area. Yeah, images it's, of it's moisture. All right. It's all right. He uh, probably yeah. isn't really aware of the outside world anyway, so nothing was lost. <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and so he keeps dancing, and I, I yank it back I was like, hey, fucking get that back. And, like, I, I went out to the backyard. A few hours pass. come back inside, and join the, the, the dancing and revelry that's going on. And... Uh, quite a bit more inebriated at this point and this guy comes after me again and starts trying to steal my hat and I was like come on man like fuck off and but he keeps he he, he comes increasingly threatening like he's really encroaching on my personal space grabbing at my head eventually corners me against the wall and he's like <laughs> reaching for my hat erratically and I'm swatting his arms away until eventually I was like dude you gotta cut it out or else like I'm serious. This is your last warning. You've got to stop. And he keeps going. And I was like, all right. And I clocked him in the side of the head. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from the south. Normally this would precipitate a bar fight, which nobody wants to be a part of because they're very dangerous. Um, but uh, what happened next puzzled me. Um, he recovered from the blow. And <laughs> he looked at me puzzled, and I yelled at him, Hey, asshole! I'm balding under here!
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking leave me alone! And he goes, he nods his head, and he fist bumps me, and walks away.
0: Never let it be said that violence doesn't solve problems. That, at least... guy, that
2: guy was too fucking drunk to process what happened to him. So he was just like... Uh, uh, uh. The only bucket his his inebriated dumbass brain could fit that into was like some sort of like respect. So he's like,
1: (laughs) violence solves some problems, kids. Remember, might occasionally (laughs) make. Might occasionally. (laughs) That's another another over inebriation. um... So yeah, that, that was the thing. And then I, I, I'll finish this out with another Williamsburg story. That, yeah. Um, story uh, time. I, was, I was in, I was in, I was in. A, you guys, I, you, I've taken you guys to this bar. This is my neighborhood bar. Um, Matt Torres. Yes. Um, it's a good bar. It's good, a nice it's a place. Great bar. Good, good people there. Good friends of mine. A and good I'm sitting, ass bar. I'm sitting in the bar, and there are these four fellas, four hipsters at the end of the bar, um, discussing the merits of tipping. And, and how specifically... It was like some shit out of Reservoir Dogs, almost. Except these guys were fucking jackasses. Um, it wasn't the guys As from- opposed to the Saints that Quentin Tarantino portrayed. <laughs> it, wasn't,
2: it wasn't those guys with the the com.
1: No, no, no. Although that guy was present. But he was not involved. Amazing! He was not involved.
2: He's um, a regular. Those guys are regular. regular. There's no regular. way they aren't. Like, just the way they were acting. We told yeah. that story on the podcast, right?
1: Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, so these other guys... So they're talking about how... About tipping and how they don't tip and why they don't tip. You know, talking about this idealized society where everybody got paid a fair wage. And I was like, you guys are dickheads. And, but before I could intervene, there's an old fella sitting at the bar to their right. Real old timer sitting there drinking a shitload of whiskey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he
1: gets up, saunters up behind them, and fucking lays into them with passion. He embarks on a 20-minute rant about why you should tip people in your life. He's like like he's like he's like, "You know, you could you could go home and get a six-pack of beer and sit at home and be lonely, but no, you could come here and you buy beer and you, there's a pretty girl behind the bar and she smiles at you and and you know, she pays attention to you, and you, she she serves you your drinks, you talk to people here, there's ambiance." He's like, yeah, I tip everybody. I tip my garbage man. I tip Post, the postman, and you, you take care of people who take care of you. He's, like, fucking incensed. He's, like, <laughs> spitting on them. And they're terrified because they're cowards. Tip um, the garbage <laughs> man?
2: And Tip the garbage yeah. man? He tips the garbage he, man. I, I, I don't... How? Like, and I don't I, even you, know you, those you, people. You,
0: like Where I come from, you, like, you give them, like, Christmas presents. That's
1: exactly what he's talking about. That's exactly what he's talking about. He's, like, he's like you know, certain workers, he gives Christmas presents... It
0: was beautiful. You, you leave them a Christmas card. You put some money in it, on you know, around Christmas and, time, so that they get it. And I'm you sitting there laughing my ass off. A Christmas card
2: in the trash for the garbage guy?
0: On top of the trash. Oh. Attached to it, so, you know, with an with a night with maybe with a ribbon, perhaps.
2: So, so I'm sitting maybe there, maybe a
0: bow. I'm, I'm,
1: sitting there, I'm sitting there, laughing my ass off, and this guy looks over me. and I'm like, hey Amen, dude. Like, and he sits down. And I buy him some whiskey. And then he comes over to me, and he's like, Hey, I just want to say thanks for agreeing with me back there. I was like, no, nah, man, I, I totally get it. I was like, these shitheads probably never worked a service job in their life. Like, he's like, "He's like, fuck it, man. He's like, your next beer's on me. And then we, we, we became friends. That's awesome. Now, you were a fry cook at one point, weren't you? I, I, I yes, I was a fry cook for a number of years.
2: At, at a Sonic, is that right?
1: A Sonic and a barbecue joint. Dang. Nice. That's some real shit. Um... Sweat of the brow,
2: the sweat of the brow,
1: sweat of the grease of the brow. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are the those are the things that have happened to me as of late. Williamsburg
0: summers—that's a special place where logic and reason do not apply. (laughs) It's true. There are some silly motherfuckers who live here. It's been pretty chill around here, I guess. Thunderstorming a lot, so I'm sitting around listening. I'm sitting around brooding, you know, as one does when there's a thunderstorm. <laughs> you sit around, you put on some good music.
2: Yeah, I don't know shit yeah. about thunderstorms.
0: Yeah, man, you, <laughs> there's a whole art to experiencing a thunderstorm.
2: So, what, growing up in Hawaii, thunderstorms were pretty rare. Maybe, maybe one, mm-hmm. maybe like once every couple of years, and there'd always be a fucking power outage every fucking time because mm-hmm. we Hawaii has a really shitty electrical system. The whole grid is just, like, it's fucking, like, bailing wire and, like, paper clips. Like, none of it is in, in any way tolerant of anything. Like, there was, a, like, a mini earthquake there, like a small one. And, like, they shut all the plants down and it, like, took days to get power back everywhere. And, if, of course, the, like, the rich areas got their power back first and the fucking poor people were, like, out of power for, like, two or three days. Fuck. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. So... To me, a thunderstorm is like candles and like, like, real shit. Like it's it's a it's a, it's a big event. It's a big deal.
0: No, uh, that that makes a lot of sense. But around here, you know, the grid is it's pretty robust. Um, I don't think I've had a power outage while I've been here. Uh, uh, but so you know, you, uh, I, I like to you know maybe maybe make some hot chocolate, maybe brew some tea, uh, get mad snugly on the couch, maybe <laughs> you know open yeah. up some uh, whiskey. Uh, you know, but you put on, like, say, the new Boards of Canada. Dude,
2: I was just about to fucking say that! Yeah! I haven't listened to it yet! You What? What? Yeah, I haven't, I ah, haven't listened to it yet. It's so good! It's so I'm, good. I'm happy to hear that, I'm really nervous, because I'm a last time. The last time it was fan. a thunderstorm
1: here, I poured myself some whiskey and listened to the Boards of Canada album. Dude, it's it the perfect Thunderstorm album. Do maybe, it. maybe I'll
2: do that tonight. It's not going to a Thunderstorm, yeah. but it's real shitty out.
1: Get mad Real snuggly. Listen to Boards of Canada.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was driving. I was driving down on Fourth of July weekend. Ooh, I could tell some stories about Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I, I spent it. Uh, we've we've spoken of this place in the past because it's where Philip and I spent last Thanksgiving. Uh in this is in my cousin's compound uh, in Virginia, uh, hanging out with uh, Lars, my cousin who runs music blog City of I- Islands, which I occasionally write for. Shout out to Lars. Show.
2: Shouts Yo, out to Lars. Lars. Peace.
0: Uh, uh, but no. It, so I'm driving down in the Mercedes that Zipcar got for me <laughs> because I had I had got a, I had ordered a Mazda. You know, a a, a practical yeah, little. You're a sensible deal. man. I'm a sensible man. anybody ask anybody, and the first thing <laughs> they think of is sensible. And, and yelling uh, about
2: about things on the internet.
0: Yes, that too. That's that's a part of my personal brand, uh, and. Uh, So they call me up, and they're like, well, we can't get you the uh, Mazda, but we do have this Mercedes. And I'm like, sold, done. I mean, they charged me the same amount for the uh, Mercedes, so it wasn't even a thing. But I had the Boards of Canada record on, and I'm going, you know, like – I was trying to get there. I was trying to get into Virginia before, like, fucking –
2: The middle of the night. Yeah, the middle of the night.
0: Uh, So I'm doing, like, 95 on the highway. And a thunderstorm is in the distance, like super far away, uh, and uh, I've got, you know, the iPod hooked up to Bluetooth, and the Boards of Canada record comes on, and I'm like, this is perfect. This is the perfect setting for everything.
2: <laughs> 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 Fucking right. I could not be happier.
1: Patrick, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, b- I believe during this trip you en- you engaged in sports.
0: I did. It's true. I played sports.
1: You played, you played football. You played basketball. The most ballin' photo ever taken was taken on this trip.
0: It's a it's, pretty it's, great photo. Can,
2: can I describe it? Can I describe it? Absolutely. Just, all right. So the Mizzen scene is, is, is a, a backyard. Maybe like a, it's like a driveway with like a little like a garage, a separate garage. And uh, there's a basketball hoop set up in the, uh, in the driveway. Uh, it seemed to be – you know it seemed to be summer it was a summer thing it was black, it's a black and white photo um, sort of in the middle sort of the middle two thirds of the, of the photo is Patrick and he's hanging off the end of the hoop the ball is in the hoop and in Patrick's mouth is this cigarette and he's got this look of grit and determination on his face and it just lo- he just looks like he fucking like he just like slaughtered a lamb and then dunked the basketball to celebrate it's <laughs> fucking awesome like it's so cool
1: yeah, the dunk was incidental.
2: Yeah, exa- exactly. It looks like an incidental dunk to something even more awesome happening.
0: It, it was funny, because they asked me, hey, can you dunk? Now, I haven't played basketball in years, and then I went up for it, and, uh, it was fucking perfect, if I do say so myself. And nice. everyone was very impressed.
2: Nice. Because I,
0: because all, of the rem- all the other members of that family are at maximum 5'10". <laughs> And I'm six-two and with incredibly long arms, so uh, it was. I felt like a giant, broad, dignadian if you will.
2: Ooh, yeah, Jonathan Swift.
0: Um, but no, it was it was cool. Um, and I got to hang out with uh, Lars and Carl, my cousins, who are just the coolest dudes. Um, and I've been been writing about uh music for Lars' blog, and this brings us to something that I'd like to talk about. I'd like to talk about the new Kanye record. Alright. What did you guys think?
2: I think it's pretty fucking good. I think it's a great... Yeah, I think it's... I think it's it's, it's brilliant pop music. I think it's gonna be... There's definitely a sort of a, got a real summertime vibe to it. It's, uh, you know, I think it's gonna be real popular. Um, Not... It's not what I want to see from Kanye. Look, like, I want to see more Kanye, you know, i want to see him spit right like that's what i want to hear and he's got one track on there it's the last track where he like he really flows and lays it down Mm -hmm. but uh you know the rest of it kind of kind of disappointing in that respect but still very enjoyable like um definitely i had i have had a lot of fun listening to it um
0: uh, i've been hearing it blared out of the cars around here driving around because i gauge the popularity of rap albums by how often i hear them played yeah uh on the street uh, out
2: of consciousness on the street
0: and so you i'm i'm hearing a lot of uh, new slaves i'm hearing a lot of blood on the leaves yeah uh
2: that's the one thing i think i would say a little criticism about it is that it is not an album that is easy to listen to straight through um for me anyway like i don't really
0: yeah don't it's care. kind of it's kind of an exhausting album because it's very dense yeah. but it yeah. is it's short but it's very dense and it does not let up
2: yeah yeah
1: i i i really enjoyed it uh, you know of course it's mm. it's problematic
2: Oh, it's very. Oh it's very yeah, I didn't even. We didn't even. I wasn't even going to get into that. Well, because if, uh, I, were, I knew we were going to talk about it. I knew we were going to talk about it later. Not because it's not yeah. worth talking about. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I really, I really, really enjoy. It. Like you know, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as like you know, my dark twisted fantasy.
0: But that record is perfect. Exactly.
1: It is genuinely perfect, and you couldn't, you couldn't
0: out. You know, Kanye is all about the big bombast, and you know getting every, you know, all these incredible collaborators and making these huge orchestral arrangements and whatnot. And so he just went all out on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and had, like, pretty much everybody in rap guest on that album. You know, like, half of the Wu-Tang Clan, Pusha T, uh, Nicki Minaj, Jay-Z. Like, you couldn't have a more star-studded guest list, and you couldn't have a bigger or more symphonic or uh, more uh, lush soundscape. Mm -hmm. So he did the only logical thing, which was go down. In terms of collaborators, there's only a couple of people who collaborate on uh, the record. Frank Ocean's got maybe ten seconds in there. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't he have
2: the guy from Bonnie Vare, Justin Vernon?
0: Yeah, Justin. Yeah, (laughs) Justin Vernon's got like a couple, like auto-tuned to hell, like little interludes. (laughs) Um, But there's there's no. That's all he does.
2: That's all he does. Yeah.
0: It works. It works. Know, Kanye uses yeah. him as an instrument. I love, I love <laughs>
2: the, the, the the Bon Iver's.
0: Um, but no, it's it, and it's so stark. It's such a mechanically sounding album.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: it's
2: innovating. innovating. Yeah,
0: it, it, it.
2: sounds you don't. These aren't like, new sounds, but they're not sounds like, you hear in rap very much.
0: Exactly. That's that's literally what I was going to say. Uh, is that he's gone into these realms of very dissonant electronic uh um, and, you know, you get this, I get the, I, not to compare this album to Kid A, because Kid A is the best album ever, period. But, Truth. I think he was, Truth. I think, I think he was trying to do something similar in, you know, Radiohead went into weird places, and they took, you know, like, you know, they went into, you know, the, uh, early minimalist composers, you know, uh, Messiaen and, um, Terry Riley's, uh, yeah, yeah, uh,
2: Steve Reich.
0: Yeah, um, and they made, you know, Kid A. Which and Kid A didn't sound like anything in rock, and frankly, it still really doesn't. Um, and Kanye, I think, was—he's yeah, a huge Radiohead fan, and he's gone on record as you know, like idolizing Tom York. I think he kind of was. I think. I mean, if not consciously trying to emulate them, he certainly has did the same thing in bringing.
2: Can I? Can I? Can I? Bust sounds. in here real quick. Yeah. I just want to say how funny it is the idea of Kanye idolizing Tom York because in a way Kanye represents everything that Tom York hates, <laughs> yes. right? Like he's you know he's commercial, he loves spending money, he's like this, he's fully entrenched in the capitalist like consumerist like world, and Tom York is like completely rejecting that, and like that's his whole thing is like. We're not, like, we shouldn't do that. We should focus on taking care of the environment, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just such a stark contrast.
0: Um. Yeah, it's it, it, it's funny, but... Uh, <clears throat> yeah. No, I remember Kanye going off on his Twitter account about... Uh, he, he said, I want to be like MIA and Tom York. That tweet stuck with me.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, we, uh, we, uh... Sorry, guys, I'm yawning, I'm yawning. Wake up! Ah! Uh-huh. Um, we should, uh, we should talk though about how, how, how problematic the record is, especially in, especially in the context of how it's got a lot of really positive and uplifting images about, about like black culture. And it's like so focused on that. It's very political, very like race conscious, which is awesome. Like, it's great to hear somebody who has that big of a platform saying like this sort of stuff, but yeah,
0: pointing out the racist, uh, sham that is the uh, right. United States prison system.
2: Yeah, for example. Exactly, exactly. And, and in some ways, you know how racist the recording industry is, right? And like, mm-hmm. th- that's new slaves, right? Like that's what that song is about. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it's it, it just so much more glaring in that context to have these just like cliched and just hackneyed images of women on the album. It's just mm-hmm. like, come mm-hmm. on, like. For real, dude. Like, listen to yourself. Like, think for a second. Like, that doesn't make. That's not. No one. No one wants to be called a hoe. No one wants to be called a bitch. Like, no one wants to hear that.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely troubling because this. It, I, I. I don't. I wouldn't call Kanye, you know, a full-out guns blazing misogynist, but he obviously has a misogynist streak that goes pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. And he 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 channeled this he definitely tapped into that while making this album. And you know, that's it's it's bad. Well like it's it's not a good thing to express uh to ha- to express things like that given that platform almost you know, I'd say axiomatically. Uh I do however think that it wasn't that he it wasn't just uh an aside that he did you know, it wasn't just something he slapped down on paper. I think he took that misogynist side of him and he channeled it to try and get a rise out of people? Because consider, when he was writing this album, you know, this was what, like, because the album was made super fast in three months or so, Lil Wayne was getting in incredible uh, trouble uh, from the media for, get, for uh, um, using a pretty crude sexual analogy uh, with uh, and uh, comparing it to Emmett Till, you know, um, who was... Uh, Attacked and lynched, or in the early 20th century for whistling at a white woman, Um, and you know, like, I don't think Wayne has ever apologized for a lyric before, but he did this time, and I don't think it's a coincidence that all of the most, uh, all of the most objectionable lines that Kanye drops are connected with you know this these grotesque sexual imagery. And then connected very much placed side by side with images of civil rights and race. I think it's both sincere and it's sincere to a degree and uh there to get a rise out of us. I don't think Kanye's an idiot. I think he uh so he certainly has impulse control problems, but I think this was very much planned to uh is that, to piss us off.
2: Yeah, but is that like what's the point of that like just other than to get a rise out of people like is it is it just is it just as a promotional thing like is he just hoping that people will talk about it more is it because he's trying to say something and like point out that or is he just like like saying you know is he more just saying like you know hey like i mean because his view could be that like you know like we're you know like maybe he 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 doesn't think Lil Wayne should have apologized. You know what I mean? Maybe he thinks that like I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know Kanye. Like I don't know what his views are. Well, you know maybe he's tr- trying to say with it that like Lil Wayne is like, you know that that's an example to him of, you know the the media, and the society oppressing a black guy, for, doing something that he doesn't think there's any problem with.
0: Yeah, and, and you know. It's, uh, I I honestly don't know. It's hard to say because, and he definitely hasn't talked about uh, his his reasoning behind the lyrics because he 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 rarely gives interviews. Uh, but did did you see the interview he gave with uh, in, to John Carminaca? The he's like the only guy in the New York Times who knows what what the fuck is up um, uh, in the New York Times uh, a while ago. No, it was I heard like about an it. interview with. It was like reading an interview with Superman. It was the most amazing thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? he believes
0: in himself so wholly, so strongly and it shines through with everything that he says, that even when he's saying genuinely absurd things, it's somehow at least for me, it was kind of motivating, like Kanye believes in, him, in himself that much maybe I can believe in myself a little more, you know huh but,
2: Makes uh, you but think.
0: back but back to the uh, issue of you know the uh, misogyny in it. Um, the question is, uh, you know, if the, even if um, uh, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, if this uh, if the misogyny is Ill, is was purposeful or ill considered, you know, I don't know if that, that doesn't make anything better, really, does it? Like maybe maybe well maybe well thought out misogyny is worse than casual misogyny. It frankly probably is. Uh, so I, I don't want to engage in apologetics here because uh, that's because there's no there's nothing to be gained for apologizing for the uh, for the oafishness that he shows at parts of that album. Uh, but I'm of the opinion that it was a conscious decision to make part, and, and especially that all of the really objectionable lines are crammed into uh, one very short section of the album i uh, I think it was a genuine decision, but you know and whether and whether that's good or bad is very much i think up to different people but uh i do genuinely think it's a terrific record yeah.
1: though. uh can can we talk about a <clears throat> a surprising album yes and and patrick, you wrote about this it was uh i did mac miller's new album which yes. um was uh shockingly very good. Not not that Blue Slide Park was bad. It was fun, but it was definitely like frat boy rap. Yes, that's how that's how, how I had filed him away in my brain as frat boy rap. But then he came out. He came out with uh, what was it? Watching movies with the sound off. Yeah.
2: And it's great. It's a great album. I gotta check. Really I gotta check this out. I've been meaning to for a <laughs> while. Cause I like Blue Slide Park. I mean, like. I thought, I've gone back and listened to it a couple times, like, on my own. Like, just been like, yeah, let's put on that that Blue Side Park album. Like, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. But, like, he's been, like, what's interesting is watching people, like, especially people who are new and people who are young, and rap is definitely a a place to do this because rap is such a young person's game, but Mm -hmm. you're watching people figuring out, sort of in public as they go, like, what they want to do. And, like, mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. Mac Miller is one of those people you can see him and you, you can sort of see him be like, wait a minute. I want to be a good rapper. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of, like, be like, wait, I can be really good at this. And, like, collaborating with Earl like and, like, oh, other yeah. shit like and that. And Flying Lotus. Yeah, yeah, and Flylo and stuff like that. like, like J. Electronica.
0: So- yeah. yeah. J. Electronica. Oh, my God.
2: He's not dead. But he'll never release his album, Patrick. He'll never release it. He'll never put it it out.
0: I've given up hope. Um, It's it's just uh, like
2: Toxic. It's just like Toxic.
0: You mean Detox?
2: Uh, Detox, yeah. Sorry. Yes.
0: Um, I've
2: I've completely forgotten about it. I even forgot the name. Yes. (laughs) Put it out of my Uh, mind.
0: um, Apparently, Mac Miller, he kicked a nasty uh, cough syrup habit. Yeah. Methazine, codeine. Uh, I have it. And he apparently like lost 35 pounds after stopped doing stopping doing that.
2: There's a lot of uh, sugar in, uh, in the Oh yeah,
0: cuz and you're drinking it with soda. Yeah. So you're basically drinking soda all waking hours of the day. And I, you know, it's certainly a pretty introspective album it seems, you know. Uh, I'm pretty excited about where he's going. He's he's really good. He's and he's uh he's on the new uh, Earl Sweatshirt album, yep. which finally has a release date, and I've never been more excited for any album
1: ever. Yeah, And the newest track was fucking incredible.
0: Oh, it's so good. Yeah, oh, it's so good. It it's stupid good.
2: It's just, it's phenomenal. It's so... It's just... All it's so, the singles so It's far, so dense. All the singles so far have just been, like, mind-blowingly good. That, like, I don't even know how the album could possibly stack up but it must because they're all mm-hmm. so far that good and like no reason to think that the rest of the tracks on the album are going to be like stinkers so it's no, like, no, like it's like the album is probably going to be like in a way even better because it's all of them like all at once but it's just i don't even know how to handle that like i don't know what i'm gonna yeah, do i know it.
0: it's it's frightening it really is <laughs> um and it comes out less than a month so pumped
2: so we'll, uh, we'll 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 probably talk about it on the next episode then. Yes, hopefully.
0: <laughs> next episode time, re- we'll probably record in December. Does yeah, December, December sound December, good we'll to you guys? December
2: twenty fourteen. December twenty <laughs> fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sound, that sounds pretty good to me.
2: Yeah. What uh? What else do we got to talk about? Is, it, is it time um, to talk about Pacific Rim?
0: Uh, well, Philip hasn't seen Pacific Rim yet, so we can't. Uh, yeah, don't spoil the,
1: anything. I'll be upset. I didn't listen yeah,
0: to the Matt Miller
2: album, so we can still talk about it. Um, well yeah,
1: but I didn't I didn't there's no plot <laughs> to spoil on that album. There's
2: Roll not successful. There's not any plot to spoil in Pacific Rim either. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen me on Genesis Evangelion, Philip? Del Toro Burn, yes I have. Then you then you Evangelion. know exactly how it goes down. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm just gonna say it's fucking great. Like I was talking about this yeah. with the guy the uh, earlier today, uh, and we were we were talking about it, and we he fucking nailed it. What Del Toro has done is he has taken the melodrama and the mood and spirit of anime, and like that you see in like other non Western cultures, like that sort of like melodramatic mode, and he has made a Western movie without any of the Western filters. Like mm-hmm, it is not mm-hmm. a Hollywoodized anything. Like it is cheesy and it is goofy there are these like two scientist characters who are like the definition of like the goofy comic relief dudes from like every fucking like chinese movie or like anime or anything like you know one of them is charlie from from it's sunny it's always sunny Um, he plays (laughs) the he plays yeah he plays the 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 scientist who loves the aliens and like wants to get to know Mm -hmm. them and like that so that shit is awesome like Obviously, like Blandy protagonist is not going to win the the Academy Award for Best Acting, and in fact, he doesn't really act at all. He just sort of stands there and is like, "Yeah, my uh, yeah, he's m- uh, my my loved one is dead."
1: It's it's Charlie Hunnam, right? The, uh, the
2: English
0: fella. I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't re- I, I don't... genuinely don't remember his name. I don't, he's he's a remember,
2: English, I don't remember. I don't remember I don't know if he's English or if he's Australian. There he's are a number English. of Australian dudes in the movie. Which yeah. is also cool. Like else, there are yeah. a lot of people in the movie who are not, like, American, which mm-hmm. and and so I was reading about it and I think this is also accurate that it's like, um, it's a movie that's going to make most of its money in the international market because that's where it's designed to sell. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's a movie that people not in the U.S. are going to fucking love, and I think that's totally true because it's like all these people from all around the Pacific Rim in the movie. Um, yes.
0: you've got the Ch- you've got the Chinese robot, you've got the Russian robot, you've got the Australian robot, you yeah. you got the American robots,
1: and the yeah. American robot guy is played by an Englishman. Apparently, I guess I don't know. I don't he I don't is, know. He's English, but he I don't know if that's noted. the
2: guy. That's what I'm trying to say. No, like,
1: I definitely know that's the guy.
2: Okay, well, well, I didn't right. know that.
1: No, it <laughs> makes
0: sense. <laughs> it, 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 it's pretty And easy Idris
2: there. Elba's in it. Idris yes. Elba. He, yes. plays, Idris Elba he is. plays Gendo. He plays Gendo. Who, yes. And he's suitably but mysterious. with an English accent. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like... I don't know Japanese that well, but I feel like Gendo spoke with the Japanese equivalent of it in an English accent, in <laughs> a wow. way. A thing that
0: is really terrific about that movie is that it could have been uh, just a seriously hyper-masculine trog. Slog? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it uh, a feminist <laughs> movie either. It's <laughs> no, not particularly... No. <laughs> It's not. It's not. It's not up. It doesn't try to invert that particular uh, cliche. But think about it. The robots in that movie are not powered by one like uh, strong jawed, manly, blonde dude. They're powered by two people operating under the power of friendship and trust.
2: Yeah, and and it's it's and they're often people who are related to each other too, which is yeah. like not a like. Which is like not a like a American like red blooded sort of masculine thing to be like, yeah, I love my family members. That's definitely yes. not something that people in America talk about. Um, uh. So yeah, no. It I and the other thing is that this is all a small aside to what is the real highlight and the sweet shit about the movie is that it. Fucking giant ass robots beating the shit out of fucking giant ass aliens, and it's fucking awesome. It looks so it good, is really awesome. <laughs> I, was reading it, I was reading this thing about how like he they tried really really hard with the CG to have motivated light sources for everything and to have motivated camera positions for everything. So, like, all the shots are, like, on a boat or that's from a helicopter or, like, and all the lighting is, like, there's the helicopter that's shining that light. Like, it's not just random, like, lights from nowhere. Like, this cameras just mm-hmm. hanging in midair. Like, it's and, and it really shows in the movie. Like, it feels yeah, so it really much does. more it does not... immersive. And, like, you, mm-hmm. it keeps the sense of scale of the robots... Which I think is, is critical to the, the feel of the movie, like, of both the, the robots and the kaiju. It keeps the, like, the sense of, these things are fucking massive. And they did a really good job with that.
0: Yeah. I went at, like, 10 o'clock on a Sunday at uh, 10, 10 p.m., and so, like, nobody was there. There was, like, another <laughs> dude in there, and, like, I gave him, you know, the finest uh, bro-nod of acknowledgement that I had. <laughs> uh, but uh it was good because uh, that movie elicited uh I believe it was four uh just general fist pumpings and like quiet exclamations, gesticulations of victory. Uh and it would have been good because I would have had a hard time sitting still if it was in a crowded theater. So that's pretty I think you know, I, you know, it I definitely it, st- stimulates the limbic system. When
2: I saw it like every I was surprised at how on board people were with the movie. There was only one point. At which people started to laugh at it a little bit, and like I don't want to spoil it, but there's a sword and they're in space and like someone slices somebody else and there's a cheesy line of dialogue, and like it, it, it's pretty great. It, it's it's great, pretty great, but it's like people were just like they could could they were just like I, they you could tell they just couldn't deal with it anymore and they were just like fucking like cracking up. And that's fine, but the, they those people didn't like disrupt the movie after that. Like they kept. Kept into it and like the ending, like people seem to be like, they were, you know, I don't know, they were, they were, people were in the theater were into it, which is definitely not the case with like, a lot of shitty movies that I've seen. People, mm-hmm. people definitely get into making fun of it and like laughing at it. Like I mm-hmm. remember when I saw Identity Thieves, like we were laughing at everybody in the theater was just laughing at that movie, like not with the movie, at the movie. Uh, and I still like, I still like heard of that Identity Thieves. It's a. Uh, um, Marissa the the, the 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 uh heavy lady from uh Bridesmaids and Melissa then, uh, McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy and then uh, Patrick Bateman. Or er, wait wait.
1: Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman Identity Thief.
2: Patrick Bateman is uh, from uh is
1: from American Psycho. Yeah, American Psycho. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Do you mean Christian Bale? <laughs> That'd be amazing. I so want to see that movie with Melissa McCarthy and Patrick. Yeah, Payton, the, the fuck serial out of that. Color. She steals his identity and he fucking murders
2: her. It's like a short film. It's twenty minutes.
0: Written by noted misogynist Brett Easton Ellis. Dude, fuck. I, I can believe fuck that.
2: Brett, Brett Easton Ellis. Fuck Seriously, that dude guy. Sucks. Fuck that guy. That guy. Sucks. Dude sucks. Dude, he sucks, sucks so more than hard. it is
0: possible to suck.
2: Oh, and, like, when I was on OKCupid, okay like, a couple, you like, know, eight, eight months ago or whatever, like, there were all these ladies who were like, I love Bret East Dallas, like, in their profile. It's I'm like, like, why? Why? What? He
0: hates you. Don't love him. <laughs> um,
2: oh, man.
0: The, uh, uh, an incredibly amazing thing, uh, I saw on Twitter was, uh, during uh when hurricane uh it was when new york was hit by the hurricane when sandy sandy, yeah, sandy not irene uh and brady snell cracked like a joke about it not like a funny one like <laughs> it was a bad joke that made fun of new yorkers who were like trying to flee uh the water that was taking away their families yeah. and homes brady oh, snell so, man human
2: suffering fun? hilarious
0: yeah, and what uh, a the uh, one of my favorite writers on there uh, writes for American Circus. He goes, his uh, uh, he goes by General Gandhi. His username is Bro Pair. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Said, uh, um, and this is quote, and it just this I I collapse laughing. It's easy to condemn Brett Easton Ellis for mocking victims of the hurricane, but consider that he has special insight into this as a ter- as a tremendous washup. <laughs>
2: Oh, yes, God damn. it was golden. That, that's, by way, ass. that's by the way, my favorite shit at a rap show is when everyone in the crowd stops cheering and goes, "Oh!" <laughs> that happened when the white kid at the Ghostface show busted out the old dirty bastard verse from uh, "Protect Your Neck" really fucking good. Like mm-hmm. people lo- lost their fucking minds. It was so crazy.
0: I hope that dude never, uh, didn't buy a drink for the rest of the night. Yeah,
2: he and he was like doing the fucking moves from the video too. Like, nice. he was really fucking good. He had his like, huge fucking Wu Tang shirt on. Like, it just had, it just had the, the Wu Tang like bird on it, just fucking huge. And like, he was good. And then what sucks is like, go, so Ghostface was like, it brought, he brought up two people, and so he told to the ne- he told to the next guy like, "Yo, I want you to kick his ass." Like. And like the guy fucking didn't. He just whiffed. Like he did the verse. Uh, he was all important. right, but he didn't like get people fired up at all.
0: It's hard going. It's, uh, you you either want to go first or you want to go last. But
2: yeah, but it was it was pretty cool hearing hearing uh, Ghostface do you gods little like four bar thing. Like yeah, mm-hmm. grab my nut, get screwed. That, that part was awesome.
0: Yes, the tiny little bit. The, which the four bar. The four
2: bar killer. Yes, Um he <laughs> he got a verse on a uh, 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 seven chamber, right? Too or uh, mystery of mystery chessboxing? Chess yeah, that's right.
0: It's a good verse,
2: but he was in jail for most of the recording of that. So, uh. oh yeah, we could talk about. Did you guys listen to the new You God record? The keynote speaker? No, I have not listened to it. It's fucking good. There's some good shit on. Is there. it good? Yeah. Where is produced out. it? Uh, he's got
0: the best Twitter account.
2: His Twitter account fucking rules. You got a yes. Wu Tang seven seven seven.
0: It's so funny. It's so
2: good, uh, and he's he, he his his account's great. But that it's a good fucking re- record. There's some good ass songs on there, like um, "Skyscrapers." That's a good. That's the first single, and it's fucking good. Like I could, I would, I could see that playing that like on a mix, like without telling people like, you know, like just a rap mix, just being like, hey, here's this track. Like just put it in there, and people would like it. It's a good fucking track.
0: Speaking of mixes, I saw – a, a friend of mine uh, works in a QA place where I work. Uh, he's a good, good friend. We talk about music a lot, and he sends me a link uh, to uh, – there's this club, the, Bo- the Boiler Room. I think it's in London, and they do a yeah. lot of live DJ sets. They get a lot of people to come in. So like Tom, Tom York, York has yeah, gone in.
2: Tom York did uh, one.
0: Fly Low did one. And so he's like, dude, the bassist from Seer Rose is doing a techno set. And I'm like, excuse me? To see Rose make like Icelandic orchestral music for like nerds, which is why I'm going to go see them in a couple months. Uh, but it was incredibly good. He has incredible taste in techno, and is impeccable at mixing them together. <laughs> Who would have thought. So apparently, among the teens, the kids, the Snapchat, and the and the teen become... and
2: the teen oriented.
0: The, yes, the Snapchat ad has, app has become uh, a popular thing. Uh, it's a cute little app, and it's a funny idea.
2: It's also horribly designed, which is it is horribly designed. Which, all right, yeah. so all right, I I, I want to break this down. I want to do this. All right, so Snapchat basically the idea is that you can send a photo or a video to your friend, um, but the thing is, the photo and the video are only. Uh, they're only visible to your friend for like 8 to 10 seconds. Yeah. They're, and transient. Then they're transient and then they go away and can't look at them again. And also the photos are very low quality, like they're really fucking grainy. Um like they like re-encode the jpegs that they take from the uh uh camera and like put them at like, you know, 30% compression or whatever. Do they they? Lo- they look they look like that. shit. They definitely are low quality. Um uh, and they they have that on their website now they under they they have all this shit broken down on their site now if you go look at it, but the point of the app and it's it 's also like really fucking poorly designed in general like and this is why it 's so popular is because it doesn 't have this sort of like slick clean sort of like facebooky like like i 'm a pro site for pro people like i 'm like an adult 's thing like it doesn 't it has this sort of like rough around the edges like sort of like yeah. What is this? Like, isn't is this something that even we're even supposed to be using? And I think that's critical to why it's so successful. Yeah, I mean, because the it, fact the fact that it go. wears
1: clown shoes is critical.
2: Yeah, it is. It really is. Like, because it it makes people who are not necessarily like like it's not an app that you could ever imagine like your dad using because it's just too fucking complicated to figure out. Like, it's really fucking weird.
0: It is not intuitive at all. There's no introduction to, like, this is how it This is what a Snapchat is. Right. This is how you do it. It's no, something it's like. You have
2: to sh- show your friend how to do it and then they can use it. But otherwise, you're fucking yes. clueless. And I think, like, that's why the, the app is so successful, is because it's something that teens and. Te- we'll use teens here as a substitute for anybody who is in that sort of teen mode of their life where they've got their like... Yes. They've, so they've teens
0: this, up to 20-something. Millennials. Right. Say like 28. Millennials. Millennials.
2: Yeah, that'll do. Hey. And because uh, it, it, it's got this it's sort of anti-authoritarian sort of vibe to it. Like uh, and I, I think it's a brilliant app and I use it all the time. It's great. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, it, it, I compare it's, that with yeah. Instagram, right? Instagram's got this like real slick sort of like like a metallic sort of blocky look to it. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't, the new, the Instagram 2.0 anyway, like the original Instagram had the same sort of gritty, sort of like, what the fuck is even happening in this app, like kind of vibe to it. And yeah. I think that's another reason why it was so successful is because it didn't feel like this it's, super corporate, <clears throat> like.
1: Yeah, and in, Instagram now is, is not not something um, men are comfortable putting their dicks in, as it mm-hmm. were.
0: You know, you, and I heard this from somebody, I did not find this out myself, you cannot put the, uh, the word dick in an Instagram picture description. What? It mm. will reject it. This is apparently a, uh, uh, healthy, uh, filter, shall we say, a stiff criteria <laughs> for, uh, for, for grasping dick pics.
2: oh, oh.
0: I'm sorry, I usually leave the puns to you guys.
2: Oh, you really shot your wild with that one.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh no, uh SantaFest. Those a, are really I, gonna I mean,
2: stick with me, Patrick.
0: Let it go, Colin. Let it go.
2: Let it all come out.
0: Oh, god damn it.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I made um, a pun at an improv show. Um and I it was it was really funny. We were talking about platypuses. And uh, someone was saying like baby platypuses never grow up, and I uh, I said they're called those are called platter pans. Oh, I like that. That's pretty good. Platter pans. Yeah. But generally it, puns are not good at it, in, in an improv setting because they like yeah. they take too long to get, and like the other person who you're playing with might not fucking understand what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, and you can't go anywhere from a pun, right? right. You know, You it can't. It doesn't. It's. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, it is the crux. Unless you make another pun and then it's just gonna decay into a bunch of nerds making puns. This, the podcast. This,
1: did, you, did you guys just go meta?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, I did.
2: Yeah, we did. Wham! Inception. Yes.
0: Uh but no, um I, I think Snapchat's an interesting app. I think it's gonna be uh are, are they gonna do uh I, are they gonna monetize it or are they just gonna suck no. up a bunch of venture capital money? Yes. Uh
1: because the guys that run it are fucking doofuses. Like, <laughs> these guys are fucking morons. Like, they're all squabbling in court. Like, these guys are, 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 like, they're proto-bros. It's amazing. Proto-bros? Like, they they were really, like, there there are actually documents. documents. Documenting. Documenting, of course. The documents document things. The documents mm-hmm. show that they were sending emails in while they were working in their co-working space about, like, how, you know, they were scamming on all the girls who were working in the co-working space. And, like, these guys were such assholes. Like, Aww. they were like, you know, oh, your girlfriend be comfortable sending photos of her tits on this thing. Like, it, they're disgusting human beings. Man, but I feel they, bad
2: for saying that their their app is cool. Fuck but it those does people. suck. Fuck their app. clown
1: shoes. Um,
0: yeah, I'm actually... Sad now, but
1: but I feel I feel like Snapchat is part of this. You know, I get Snapchat. You know, we're all we're all still you know young and hip it up to get Snapchat, but there. I feel like the wave is starting to break on on things we don't understand anymore. And I I will give an example. Um, few few weeks ago, my office, there's a girl in there who's maybe two years younger younger than I am, and 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 she's she's telling me about this app Tinder. And I was like, "What the fuck's that?" She's like, "Are you kidding? All my friends are on this." Yeah. And I was what like, the fuck is that? Exactly. I was like, "I was like, how old are you?" She's like, "I'm 23." I was like, "Fuck you! I'm 25." Like, I'm not like fucking grandpa here. Like, what is this shit? And apparently, Tinder is basically Hot or Not rebranded, more or less, for 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 mobile devices. You're, it's like it's like an OkCupid sort of thing, but you see no details about the person except for their pictures, and you just say yes or no. Yes or no, and in that way you you, you are set. And what what does that? And what does that do? It sets you up on dates. I'm
2: not I'm not hot enough for an app like that. I'm sorry. Like, so it's okay, Cupid, for the exclusively shallow.
1: It it, it seems that way. It, you know, they, they took they took like the grinder sort of thing and and took it to uh the yeah het, that's what I thought the of, I thought of face. grinder.
2: It's a it's a head grinder. <laughs> het grinder. But grinder at least has this
0: grinder is at least emotionally honest. This does, this is like oh we're a dating site. Oh
2: yeah, grinder is like yo hook up, suck some dick.
1: That's actually their tagline.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yo, hook up, suck some dick. Grinder.
0: <laughs> the onion has this brilliant, brilliant article about two coworkers. Uh uh, courting each other on Grinder, it is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, it's so so good. Awesome. Oh uh, no, I've never fucking heard of this Tinder thing. And that's the thing about like becoming not acquainted with pop culture, is that it sneaks up on you. You're like, oh no, I know, I know, I know who you know. I because y- you like to pretend that you don't know anything about pop culture, you know, because you're cool and you're you know I you're had twenty. This,
2: I had this happen to me. I had this happen to me. Yeah, it's all happening. No, 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 check this out, guys. check this out. Like, they were talking about, some Some people at work were talking about this guy, Philip Phillips. Never <laughs> heard of him. I
1: know who that is, apparently, but I didn't know who it was when I heard
2: him. Apparently, he won American Idol, and is like a huge star. Never fucking heard of him. Not, never, mm-hmm. never once. Don't even know... He was cool, though. Like, he played it at, at work. Like, he did a little concert thing. That was kind of cool. Like,
1: Yeah, I had, yeah, no, that's I, the thing. It sneaks up on you. I had no fucking clue who that was until my mom told me who he was. My mom.
2: Your mom told you who Phil- Phillips was? Yes. Wow, man.
1: That's bad. You
2: got burned by your own mom. I did.
1: I got burned by my own mom.
0: That's rough. See, my parents know absolutely no they're pop culture, even, so I'm safe from that.
2: They're not even American.
0: Yeah, it helps. It's
1: awesome. <laughs> yeah, your 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 parents, your parents are, are expatriate a... intellectuals. Mhm.
2: Do we have anything else to talk about?
0: Um, let's check the list. Uh We talk about books. Um
2: books.
0: Oh, wow. uh Colin I recently gifted you for your birthday uh soul of a new machine
2: yeah uh. word yeah that, that book is good that book is good uh it's kind of about what's cool about it is like, all right so the plot of the book it's nonfiction is that it's about this like mini computer company that's trying to make a thirty two bit mini computer so it's a competitor to the vax back in the late seventies and uh it's cool because it really captures sort of the, like, to this day, the spirit of like what it is to be an engineer on like a tight deadline. And like all the mm-hmm. same personalities are there, all the same shit, <laughs> like even, even the like the tiniest details, like, like some of the people are like really fucking into science fiction books and like read science fiction books like three a week and have a huge library of them. And like that shit's all the same. Like, and it's just the way that people act and like what, what motivates them, like, no one in the book is motivated by money. They want they're motivated mm-hmm. by the desire to do something awesome and to feel like they have ownership of a project and they made something fucking cool happen on their own. And like, that's still so true in the technology industry today. Mm-hmm. Like people are, that's what motivates people. That's like, what gets them out of bed is that they're like, I don't want to be a cog. I don't want to make somebody else's idea happen. Like I want to, I want to come up with ideas and I want to see them realize myself. I mean, Makes sense. I mean, software, I mean, that's the whole promise of it, right? Like, is that you can make anything happen, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, What is it Brooks says in the introduction to Mythical Man Month? I mean, he uses beautiful prose, but it's, uh, you build castles out of thought stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because you can do anything in a program. Yep. Uh, But I, I agree totally in that it, like, echoes, you know, it's like, okay, awesome, you know, it's like, this is what motivated, you know, people 30, 40 years ago, but it also... Is exactly the same in all the ways that suck.
2: Oh yeah, and that it is oh, yeah. a
0: total boys' club. Yep. like there's wh- there, are there are always
2: a, there. It's a wh- there, he he notes a couple times how like there's no black people, pretty yeah. much at all. There's like, like only a few
0: two women. Yep, and and like one of them gets like harassed by like a bunch of engineers, and then the <laughs> boss has to track them down and be like, cut that shit out. <laughs> uh like it's and like there's you know there's deficiencies of communication. Uh it we really haven't learned anything in forty years. Uh this ties back to our early, my earlier rant in Way Callback, you know, ranting about the state of engineering as a discipline.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But no, it's a wonderfully written book too. Uh and what I guess it was like the first of its kind, really. Nobody had ever tried to chronicle like a modern electrical engineering project. Uh wanna pull it. In out. nonfiction form. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's beautifully it's a, written. It's a
2: great book. And it's, it's interesting. I read it like sort of like right as I started my new job, which is working at a very large um, computer company, same one that Mr. Patrick works at. Mr. Patrick Thompson.
1: Yeah, he- Hewlett Packard, right?
2: And uh, yeah, it was it was <laughs> uh, Hewlett Packard and Sons. Excuse please, yeah. oh, please sorry, get it right. Sorry, I forgot the
0: sons. Um, I always do that.
2: Yeah,
0: we work for Compaq.
2: <laughs> we work for we work for uh, uh, Dell yes <laughs> gateway love... gateway two thousand we got we get our yeah, move on we got our moo on at work move. yeah so
1: you, both of you guys are wearing your cow sweatshirts right now I see yes yeah.
0: naturally
2: so uh I got uh,
0: the cop sweatshirt and the cow sweatshirt <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: this is so, yeah anyway it was cooler this read is that. listeners it was cool uh, to read a that. reference to the fact that Philip uh, I have I remarked how cool a sweatshirt I saw in a music video was. Specifically, had, the white
2: limo video for the Foo Fighters.
0: Yes, uh, I and we looked all over and we could not find this sweatshirt, which was emblazoned with the cops logo. And uh, like the TV, TV show, for like my, the
2: TV show. Yes,
0: uh, and a couple of years ago for my birthday, Philip had a custom one printed and gave it for me, gave it to me, and it was a personal highlight of my life. <laughs>
2: You guys are so cute. Thank
0: you. He's a good gift giver. It's true.
2: Oh, man. Giving gifts uh, is hard,
0: man. It's shitty. You just, I'm now I just... My strategy is, like, go on Amazon and, like, click until, like, fucking something you got, reasonable you, shows up. You
2: got me that Soul of a New Machine book, and you also got me this other book. These are from both of them for my birthday. You also got me this other great book called uh, Probably Approximately Correct. Which is... Uh, Which I have neither
0: uh, read. I do not... Ba- I have not read. I do not own it. I hadn't heard anything about it. I was like, this looks cool. See? I put zero thought into gifts.
2: But, but it, worked. it was fucking awesome. It's fucking yeah! great. That's what we're it's fucking talking basically, about. Basically, all right, so the guy's thesis, and it's not a new thought. It's Most of what he's doing is, is a summary of research that's existing. But basically, he's talking about how, like, computing defines sort of the fundamental possibilities and also limits of what can be done as computation, where computation doesn't just mean on a computer, it means as a discrete set of mechanistic steps that anybody can execute without much thought. That was the original definition of computing back in the 30s, before we had computers and when Alan Turing wrote his paper. So, one part of the book that's great is there's a cool, really impassioned summary of why Turing's Paper, 1936 paper on computable numbers was so fucking cool, and, like, just how much it changed everything about mathematics and, like, compu- you know, it developed the field of computer science, and, like, you know, he talks about discrete math, and how, like, that paper revitalized our interest in it, and, like, just, just it's just a, that chapter, I said the third chapter is really fucking good. And then he kind of goes on to say, okay, we have computable as this definition, and we have a, a good hard limit on what can be computable, like a a negative result, i.e. the halting problem, and also a positive result, i.e. universality. And so he goes on to talk about uh, several more classes, um, including that he defines, including learnable, which is anything that can be sort of learned or trained in, 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 in a similarly rigorous definition as computable. And he also gives good limits about what can and can't be learned, what can and can't be evolved, and also what can and can't be deduced from, like using deduction. Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, Either, is it deduction? It's induction. I don't remember exactly. I haven't finished the book yet, but he—he's a—it's a really fuck good book. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's—it's. It's, I wish I knew more of the math behind it so I could really like dive in and like be like, okay, I understand how this works. But most of it is me just sort of saying like, okay, sounds good. There's a lot of citations like this probably is true, like, <laughs> and just trying to develop an intuition for sort of the intuition behind his arguments. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I really fucking like it. Our friend of the show, um, Michael B. Bernstein, is that right? Michael R. Bernstein. M.R.B. Michael R. Bernstein. Oh, right. I always forget that that's M.R.B. and not Mr. B., no, That's no, how no, I no. always think it. I always think Mr. it's Mr. B. Mr. B. No, B.
0: K. K. Mr. Brooklyn, because dude's from Brooklyn. I know, I, know, shout I, know, out.
2: I know the Brooklyn part. Yeah, shout out to MRB, dude of rocks. That guy is fucking cool. Uh, anyway, Michael R. Bernstein, and he's, he picked it up, too, and I think he's working on it. He's working on reading through it, too.
0: Um, but yeah, no, definitely did, did a great see, book.
2: Highly recommended. Uh,
0: did you see the photos of uh, MRB uh, hanging out with Jay-Z very briefly? Uh no. It was pretty incredible. I saw that. He w- That's they ha they had one of the Magna Carta holy grail uh listening party things.
2: Shit sucks.
0: Yeah. And well it's not a good record. No, it's bad. Uh, it's bad. Um the less said about that the better. Uh <laughs> people people, people writing hate really mail
1: saying Jay fell off.
0: It, well it's true. <laughs> uh
2: Dude, what but, the fuck is that Nirvana sample doing on the first track? Like, what? I don't even know, what? man. I don't even know. I just, Nobody I knows. I just fucking gave up after that. I was like, fuck this. And I just, like, closed the tab. I was listening to it, and I'm just like, nope.
0: The one song, there's the ones, There's there are a couple of good songs. There's the one song he does with, uh, who was co-written by one of the guys uh, from Ratatat.
2: Nice. $100 Bill. Nice. Uh,
0: which, which was on the Great Gatsby soundtrack. That's That's a pretty solid song. There's a couple of other songs there, but on the whole, no, it's a pretty dreary and l- l- lyrically lazy record. I mean, the beats are pretty incredible, but that's because Jay-Z has enough money to hire anybody he wants in the entire world. Right. And they'll do it because it's Jay-Z, so... Well, because
2: they're also getting uh, they a fuckload of, fuck of money, and the record's going to sell yes. well because it's Jay-Z. Anyway, yes. anyway, back to what we're talking about.
0: But yeah, the uh, MRB has a pretty cool uh, photo of him, like... Fist bumping with Jay Z, I believe. It's pretty incredible. Nice.
2: Awesome. I also started reading this book, uh, 1Q84, by Haruki Murakami, to uh, continue our discussion of Japanese literature. I'm, I'm a big fan. That's a theme. It's okay. a motif. It's a theme. It's definitely a topic we'll return to. Uh, it's good so far. It's like a 900 page book. I'm like a quarter of the way through it now. Um, it's really interesting. Um,. Unfortunately, it definitely suffers from like there there's some female characters in it who suffer from male author syndrome. Um, I think you guys know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, so
2: there's some of that, but like um it's it's something that needs to be put into context in Japan because Japan is I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. Japan is a shitty, shitty place to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Like patriarchal as hell. Yeah. And like and he addresses that in the book. And like I'm not I'm not 100% sure yet if Murakami the author is agreeing or disagreeing with the views of the characters in the book, but there are definitely character women characters in the book who are like speaking very frankly about these problems and they're they're addressing it. So that's cool. Like that's definitely very different from most Japanese literature. Uh like a good example was that uh that um uh, Kawabata book we were talking about last time, like, the, 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 it's about a guy who le- who travels to a hot spring in the mountains to fuck a geisha who is obsessed with him, and he's married and has kids back in Tokyo. Uh, and he just kind of goes up there, and he's, like, very disaffected with his whole life, and, like, it's just, like, and then, it it's just, like, the dude's attitudes towards women are just super shitty. And so it's, like, that is, and, like, uh me, uh, They're GI. It's just like, it's definitely not a like literary tradition rife with brilliant female writers and awesome female characters. So, any sort of step in the right direction, I'm willing to. I'm going to give credit where credits due in that in that respect. But I want to finish the book and I want to learn a little bit more about what he, what he, uh, you know, if he's because I mean he could be portraying these characters as farcical, right? Like that's always a Mm -hmm. Mm danger. So you don't want to get too like. Oh, yeah, well, he had the character say this that means that's what he thinks, like so uh, yeah, you know, authorial
0: that, intent is always a different is always a difficult uh road to go down right. you know, like the theme that there was the, um the literary criticism movement which discards it entirely and all no, I just uh I, a kindle paper white, uh arrived yeah. uh, yesterday for me that's what i have reading not yet. On. I have not yet plugged it in, to be honest. I've been so busy. Uh, But no, I need to get on my like – I'm going to go on like a book buying like orgy, I think. I'm just going to just go in there and just kind of engage in Bacchanalian fury with the (laughs) uh, buy now button. It's pretty great. Lose myself myself in uh, uh, the urge to buy all the, the books. When
2: you finish a book and you're just like, huh, I don't know what to do next search by start I'll buy back, a new reading. book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's great. That's why I keep so I've been doing this thing where I keep like after I finish a book, then I immediately read the next William Gibson book that I haven't read yet. Um, chronologically. That's a good plan. And cuz it's like I finished the book and I'm like, man, I want I'm like all pumped cuz I like, yay, like book's over, like I finished it, like woo! And like like uh and I am like I want to read something next and I like I'm like what do I do? What do I get? William Gibson. Type it in, like, buy. Start reading, like. <laughs>
0: now you know who loved Pacific Rim. William, William Gibson. Gibson.
2: That dude knows dude what's William. up. Dude knows what's up. That dude up. knows what's up. Yeah. It,
0: let it be. Uh, let it be settled that uh, dude knows what's up. He's his Twitter anyway, account. I think we have his Twitter to, account is fucking great. Oh yeah, great. his Twitter. It's really great. His he's Twitter one of the best at Twitter. Great. Great. Super prolific. He'll answer
2: your questions and shit.
0: You yep. Know. Yep. And he's um,
2: he's nice. He's got great links. Doesn't tweet too much, but tweets a lot. Like, mm-hmm. he's visible in your timeline, but he doesn't overcrowd it. Isn't overcrowded. Like, he's just, he's the fucking man. Like, I just want to shake his hand and be like, thank you, dude. And cry a little single tear. Mm-hmm. Maybe hug it out.
0: Maybe, I don't know. He's, he doesn't look like a hugger. He kind of looks like. He looks like you. A, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a hugger, so. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, his
1: appearance could belie his <laughs> hugging status.
0: Yes. It's, def- it's Philip, not obvious. Philip, There's some people you look at and you're like, he likes hugs.
2: Philip, you look comfortable as hell over there. I'm comfortable as shit. You were like, le- you were leaning back, you were like fucking having a party.
0: The, part- right, the, the party has got to Cut this off. Yeah. <laughs> and now we engage the parts of the show we don't show you guys.
2: <laughs>
1: okay, we're stopping, we're stopping recording now.
2: Oh man! I'm hitting stop. Yeah, we can. I'm. You're hitting all stop. Right. All right, I'll hit stop too. Yeah, I'm hitting stop. I'm recording, motherfuckers. I'm recording.
1: Y'all ready?
0: Okay. All for this? Clap, <laughs> clap, <laughs> countdown. <laughs> no, no jock jams. No jock jams. <laughs>
2: You're just inviting it by saying it like that. You're literally, you're no. literally inviting it. Nobody <laughs> listens to
0: anything I say. <laughs> I get, I get order around here. Yeah, there's a master. Um, you, right. you got a master shake vibe going on there.
1: Anyway.
2: I know.
0: Whenever I get, whenever I get indignant, I straight up sound like Master Shake. It's really a problem. <laughs> Nobody takes me seriously.
2: Uh, These are Colin, you have, this, you have to put I know. this. to put This at the code of the episode. This is the code of the episode. Exactly.